0: Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself, so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live By Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at the Trumpet.com as well, and all of our programming is available in podcast form, and you can get those wherever you like to get your podcasts. Well, you've probably noticed we live in a world that is becoming more and more divided all of the time. There is racial division. That's a major problem in many parts of the world, not just the United States, but many parts of the world and the United States as well. Political division is growing. There is a division between rich and poor, old and young, male and female. Pretty much any group uh, will be pitted against another group of some kind. division everywhere, and it's getting worse. Where does that division come from? Where does it come from? Let's look at a few passages to notice this. And uh, if you have a Bible handy, you could get it out. We could look at these together. Let's look at uh, Revelation 12 and verse 10. We'll start in Revelation 12 and verse 10. Let's pinpoint where division comes from. It says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accuse them before our God day and night. Satan here is exposed as being an accuser. He accuses the people of God, but also that's the spirit that uh, he has. The spirit of accusation comes from Satan. And so much of the division in today's world is one group accusing another. Satan accused Job. You might remember that history from the book of Job. He accused Job of all kinds of things. That's the way Satan thinks. He's an accuser. And that causes a lot of division when one group accuses another, one person accuses another. And uh, we see more here in Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2 and verse 2. This is talking about Satan also and showing us something else about him and his thinking. It says, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, so in other words, the way that most people are going, according to the prince of the power of the air, that's Satan the devil, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. And so we read here that Satan broadcasts. He broadcasts division and hatred, and he is stirring people up to blame and attack others, to be bitter, to be divided. Notice this quote from... The Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. This is a free course that you can sign up for at thetrumpet.com. If you haven't done so, please sign up for it. It says, Satan, the prince of the power of the air, influences mankind by broadcasting his moods and attitudes of vanity and selfishness to the human spirit in each individual. Humans unwittingly accept and express these attitudes as their own Human nature is actually Satan's nature expressed in humans. And because they have been deceived, they are unaware of this spiritual broadcasting by Satan and do not even know that they have been deceived. It's very common for people to accuse somebody else to be divided against them and because there's a vanity, one person's vanity against another person's vanity or one group's vanity against another group and and selfishness. And that doesn't lead to anything except for division and destruction. And that's what Satan's broadcasting. He hates mankind. He hates God. He hates God's plan. And he wants to destroy it. So we don't want to get caught up in Satan's divisive thinking. It's so strong on this earth today. We see it everywhere. We hear it. Turn on the news. Read the headlines. So much division. And we don't want to think that way. We want to think like God thinks. Jesus Christ Christ gave a strong warning about this that we can notice in Luke 11 this is a famous passage because it was used also by Abraham Lincoln Luke 11 and verse 17 Jesus Christ says but he knowing their thoughts said unto them every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and a house divided against a house falls that's the way it is If there's division, well, then the house falls. Abraham Lincoln talked about that in the Civil War during that time period in the United States, that if they were divided, they couldn't stand, they they would fall. And we look at this country today, we look at the United States, and we see a lot of division and how true the words of Jesus Christ are, that if a kingdom is divided against itself, it's brought to desolation. The more division there is, the more desolation there is. But God doesn't think that way. God's not accusing people. He's not divisive. He unifies and he brings together. And we want to think like God thinks, but we have to understand that there is uh, some important things that we have to do. You know, the other side, I suppose, of the, the thinking that people might have is that, well, Jesus Christ just, you know, said everything's fine and, you know, love everybody and all of that. And they they just go to extremes and not really look at what the Word of God says here. God is not a divider. He is not divisive. Jesus Christ did say that he brought division when he came, but of course he was talking about the fact that when he taught the truth of God, many were opposed to it. But God is bringing people ultimately into his family. That's what he wants, a unified family. And we notice the way that God thinks. Look, Look at Acts 10. Verses 34 through 35. Acts 10, verses 34 through 35. It says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. See, God's not a respecter of persons. Humans get into that because of Satan's broadcasting pitting one against another, putting one above another, that type of thinking. It's divisive, but that's not what God's like. God's not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of righteousness. And we need to be thinking that same way and understanding God's plan for mankind. That gives us a proper perspective. If we can have God's perspective on things, then it helps us to understand that that man should not be divided as he is. And we shouldn't be caught up in that type of thinking. But we want to think about man and man's future and his potential like God does. God's desire is that as many people as possible repent, develop God's character, and ultimately become born into the spirit kingdom of God, to become part of God's family. And that's unifying. Notice this quote. Again, it's from Lesson 25 of the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. It says, God reveals in his inspired word, the Holy Bible, that those he has not yet called have not lost their opportunity for salvation. Again, God is not in the process of saving everyone now. And again, if you go through this lesson, lesson 25, it gives you all of the details and all of the scriptures about God's plan in this regard. We don't have time to study all of that today, but we're just looking at an overview. So please get that lesson, lesson 25 of the correspondence course. It says, but after Christ returns and establishes the kingdom of God on earth, he will then begin to teach the way of salvation to millions. They will receive their calling, an opportunity to understand God's truth, and be born into his family during the millennium. But what about the multiple billions who have already died without ever hearing or understanding the way of salvation? After the millennium, they will be resurrected to mortal life. And given their opportunity to understand God's truth, to be begotten by God's spirit, to grow in his character, and to become spirit-born members of his family. You see, the reason that we're discussing this is we're looking at this, this plan of God. And again, this, this correspondence course lesson gives you all the details of that. But it gives us God's perspective towards mankind. He, doesn't, he didn't create mankind to divide us and have us fall and come to desolation he created us so that he could have a family. Satan's the one that broadcasts division and pits one against another and has all of these problems. You can go back and look at you know, Cain and Abel. He was doing it back then. And Satan's a divider. He broadcasts. He accuses. And you see that same spirit just permeating our society today, where again, you have one race against another. You have Male against female, female against male. You have uh, all these divisions, political divisions, all the division. God doesn't think that way. And we have to strive to think like God does. God's fair. He's giving everybody an opportunity in their season to learn His truth. And He wants to bring all people into His family ultimately. Notice this in Ezekiel 33. In verse 11, this gives us a really good insight into God's perspective. Ezekiel 33 and verse 11 it says, Say unto them, As I live, says the eternal God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn you, turn you from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? God doesn't want to see Israel collapse and come to desolation, he wants Israel to repent. And again, if Israel doesn't listen, and this goes for all of mankind, if they don't listen to God and repent, then they bring problems upon themselves and ultimately learn some very hard lessons. This world is more and more divided, and it's important to remember that God has a plan for all of mankind. He really is going to set his hand to save mankind. He's not doing that today with everyone, clearly, looking at this earth and the way it is, But he has a plan to do that. He's working with some now, and he's going to work with everyone else later in their season. And so God loves mankind, but he wants them to repent and change. It's not a matter of this sort of letting any sort of behavior go and everything's fine. Like uh, some people sort of attribute that thinking to Christ. That's not the way he thought. He didn't allow sin to just go on and on and on. He said, go and repent. Many instances where he did that. Go and repent and change. And he warned, too. Well, if you you don't repent, then you're going to have these calamities come upon you. We see God's perspective here. He doesn't take any pleasure in the death of the wicked. He just wants people to repent and change. And he does call out sins at times if he needs to, of course. But, again, it's so that people can repent and change. And he does warn. Christ did that also. And that's a loving thing to do to warn people that if they don't change from a sinful way, that there's going to be a negative result. But Satan's attitude is different than that. He's accusing. He's looking to destroy. He's looking to cause as much chaos and confusion and division as he can and is having some success at this time, and God allows it to a point. God made all of mankind. Notice Genesis 1. Again, people sometimes get into racism and other things, and they're missing the point here. God made everybody, and he has a plan for everyone. Satan's the one causing the divisions because of sin. Notice Genesis 1, verses 27 and 28. You probably know these quite well. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. He was very specific in the way he made man and family. Verse 28, and God blessed them. He blessed them. He created man and he blessed them. All the problems that have come along since are because of sin, because of Satan's broadcasting and man giving into that, being susceptible to that, and becoming divided. God is not a respecter of persons but of righteousness. He created all mankind and blessed them. Notice 1 John 4 and verse 20. See, we need to really think about our attitude towards other people. And yes, some people are causing some real trouble today, but again, they will have a chance to change that. First John 4 and verse 20 says, If a man say, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen... How can he love God whom he has not seen? That's a very good question. If people are divided and they're hateful towards one another, towards their fellow man, then how can they claim to love God? They can't. And again, that doesn't mean when we talk about love, we're not talking about just letting anything go, any behavior, any attitude. It means keeping the law of God. That's what love is. Keeping the law of God towards others, You know, the golden rule, as uh, people often talk about, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Well, there's there's a lot of uh, uh, truth in that. You know, we don't want people breaking the law towards us. We need to be keeping the law of God towards them. That's love. And we see that here in First John five verses two and three. It says, by this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments It's talking a lot about God's people, but, I mean, there's a general truth here just for every human being. It says, For in this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. See, that's specific. What is the love of God? Well, it's that we keep his commandments. We're not to be divided and be hateful towards people. We're to love each other by keeping the commandments of God. And that needs to be our general thinking and overview when we think about mankind. There's a great potential for everyone. Obviously, if someone's really breaking the law of God and they won't change from that, well, sometimes you need to keep some distance, of course. But in terms of attitude and and hope for them, it needs to be one of, you know, like we read about there in Ezekiel, praying for repentance and for change. The Correspondence Course says your Bible shows that the vast majority of those who have ever lived will finally be born into God's family at the end of their coming period of judgment. It's the vast majority. The world's so divided today because Satan, again, is the accuser of the brethren of God's people, but his attitude is that of division and accusation and attacking. You see that all over this earth, and we don't want to be thinking that way. We want to be seeing God's perspective. He wants people to repent, to follow his laws, to really be blessed because of that, and ultimately enter into his family. And that should be our hope for all of mankind. And we have to remember what we read there, God's perspective in Ezekiel 33. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked should turn from his way and live. Turn from his way and live that's what God wants. God's not a respecter of persons, but he's a respecter of righteousness, and we need to be thinking that same way. That's all the time we have for this edition of Live by Every Word. If you'd like to sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course, please do that. It's free. It's at thetrumpet.com. We talked a little bit today about some of the content in Lesson 25. I'm Dwight Falk. Thank you for spending some of your time with me today. Until next time... Let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live By Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.